Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. I am the football grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. How's it going, Mike? What's up, Grump? Eight weeks and counting before opening kickoff, so we're slowly but surely getting there. Thank God. Well, the long, boring summer is going to come to an end, and officially 10 days from when you all hear this, we will be at the first day of training camp for the New York Giants. So... The dog days of summer will become the work days of summer for our favorite players. <laughs> well, it's about time. You know, it just seems like – one way it seems like it was just yesterday we were watching the Super Bowl and then another way it just seems like forever. You know, there's so many things that go on in the the NFL offseason now that's just, you know, between, you know, the draft and free agency and mini camps and OTAs and everybody getting in trouble in the offseason and – all the craziness so it's nice to actually start focusing on actual football activities so thank god yeah but we'll get right into uh, players getting in trouble in just a moment. But first, well, I want to remind everyone that you can find us on iTunes for the Just Giants podcast. Just give a search for Just Giants. Or you can continue to download or follow us, uh, subscribe on SoundCloud for Just Giants podcast. Just do a search, find us, follow. You'll see us week to week coming up. Uh, every week there will be a new episode going into the regular season, and we'll have two a week. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to work out the logistics how we can do a a post game podcast right from the Meadowlands. We got to see how that's going to work out, but uh, it might be a little raw, little raw emotion or something. But we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. So don't yeah, worry. It uh it might depend on the uh, time of the game too. So we'll we'll have to figure it all out. But yeah, the Grump has a curfew. He needs to be in bed yeah, by the, nine o'clock. So the the curfew is the train. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, more like the hell on wheels more yeah. than the uh, the curfew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as always, you can also follow us on Twitter for any updates, new episodes, or uh, you know just comments as things break, uh, breaking news. Uh, you can follow the podcast for at Just Giants Pod or me personally at Football underscore Grump, and you can follow me at the Cranky Van uh, as we start getting closer to. Giants football and Gator football uh, season. You'll see a lot of commentary on both, and of course my. Uh, views on my tampa bay rays so i know you're all anxiously awaiting my next tweet for that so we're actually in a pennant race scrump so uh, I, I know that means i mean that no that means nothing to you but for me it just causes excitement and aggravation at the same time so uh, anything in this area to hear yankee fans grump around makes me happy <laughs> the dallas cowboys yeah. of the major league baseball <laughs> yeah and with that so, let's segue right into the cowboys shall we Sure, as predicted by me, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is in the news for apparently getting into a fight last night. So this on top of, you know, I think there was a really strong chance he was going to get suspended for, um, was it domestic battery? Was that was his I'm not crime? sure if it was domestic violence, domestic violence or sexual assault or maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> what a guy. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, it was a little nuanced because he was technically not an NFL employee at the time. Am I correct? He was at Ohio State still when the, for, for when the allegations are from. Yeah, our old buddy Urban Meyer. You can add him to the list of the uh, Aaron Hernandez's and the uh, you know the Chris Rainey's of the world and all the guys who've been in trouble you know, either in Gainesville or now in Ohio State. So, you know, caveat impor when you're, when you're, when you're drafting someone from Ohio State. But uh, I think the, the timing works out for us that 
I said it a few weeks ago, and I'm maintaining that he will not be in the rotation when we play them opening night. So, so to clarify, uh, when we ran through the the schedule and our predictions on paper and how we thought it would go, uh, Cranky Fan did in fact say that this is usually the time of year where they have some key suspension that won't play that'll play in our favor. And I don't think I don't think you could pick a more key suspension, can you? Uh, well, you know. If we do a pretty good job of stopping the run, I guess that team is so predicated on, you know, the great offensive line in the run game. But I think if Dak was suspended, it would be a bigger deal for this team. Oh, but, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I think the, without a without any sort of quarterback, I think that team is screwed. At least he gives them, the you know, at least the perception of a passing game, whether it's not really based in reality. But uh, not having um, – Zeke playing against us is a huge advantage for us. Obviously, I mean, it doesn't, kind of goes without saying, but right. And and like you said, the the strength of that team is the offensive line, and any running back would do well there. But given that it's almost a stalemate between our great defensive line and their their great offensive line, as as shown by last year, where Zeke I think had, uh, I think career low numbers against us. I know Dak did. But I know Zeke in the second game only had 107 yards, and I say only because he had, I think, 97 in the first half, and he was shut down to about 10 yards in the second half. Um, yeah, I'll give I'll give Dak a pass in that first game. It was his first game starting, and you know, you know, nobody predicted them to have that kind of record they did last year in after week one or even before week one. So. Um, I I think the the point I'm trying to make though is that you know all the offensive line can do is create pathways it's up to a little bit of explosiveness from the running back position and i think without zeke you're you're left with some pedestrian sort of runners like alfred morris and darren mcfadden yeah i mean if you had the giants running back core on the cowboys last year how effective are they i would say about as effective as alfred morris and darren mcfadden (laughs) which which will not have me awake on Saturday night before opening day. So uh, it doesn't exactly strike fear into the hearts of any defense in the league. No. So if I remember correctly, you had predicted a potential loss week one. Does that change your mind if there is a suspension on the table for Zeke? I'm going to go. I'm going to still say it's a potential loss. I think it's one of those games where you know it's there. You know, crowds all pumped up as much as they're going to be. I, I, if it was Dak suspended, I would have us in in bright ink pen as a win without Zeke I don't know I'm still going to say it's a loss just by circumstance more than actual matchup that makes any sense it does Um, I had already predicted a win so I'm going to predict a win anyway I will say the sooner the suspension comes out the better for the the Cowboys being able to prepare for how long they'll be without Zeke etc yeah the interesting the interesting thing we're you know we're a giant centric and worrying about the Giants this suspension might be more than just one game. This could be two, three, four. I mean, who knows how this uh, this fight plays out, and who knows what the actual the original investigation is going to be too. I mean, he could be out four games. That's true. He he was facing a potential suspension already for domestic violence or you know sexual assault or both or whatever from his time at Ohio State, but. Um, just this past weekend had punched a DJ in the face and broke his nose. This is the last I had read of it. It was still breaking you know, throughout the day, trickled in little by little. This actually could even turn out to be a nothing burger. We don't really you know, know anything right now. 
And you know, Grump, is so often we've been to a couple of weddings together and a lot of different events. Sometimes punching a DJ is completely justified. So <laughs> Roger Goodell may have some uh, yeah. leniency on that. So, But he also has shown that no matter who the player is and what the team is, he does put the hammer down pretty hard on suspension. So he's not going to get a pass because he's Ezekiel Elliott or because he's a cowboy. No, and if anybody, anything, he might make a, an example out of him. Exactly. So I don't want to hear anybody whining, oh – you know, the Cowboys are in the pocket of the NFL. They want to make money. That's not the way the Roger Goodell led NFL works. So, Yeah, and we could do a whole episode on Roger Goodell, but I'd rather not. So we can jump right ahead to where we left off, um, which is with week eight with the Rams. So let's go into that. Sunday, the 5th of November, 1 o'clock against the L.A. Rams with a quarterback trying to get his sea legs in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not see how they lose this game. Now, it may not be the prettiest thing you've ever seen because the Giants quite often play the level of their competition. You might see a repeat of the game in London last year, but you're right. I mean, I think this is a potentially a double-digit spread. I could see us winning something like, you know, 23 to 9 or something gross. Um. I see. Let's throw in a little like fifty-five and rain type of game too to make it even more disgusting. Whatever. I mean, even if yeah. that happens, I understand that they have Todd Gurley, but he's running into the teeth of our defense, of the run defense. Right. I, I just if you a defense make it, if you make it rainy, it just makes it even harder for Jared Goff to do anything. Yeah. A uh, defense is going to be cheating for the running game too, and and Todd Gurley is not, you know. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, so it's not like it's the craziest running back we've seen all year. No. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for this defense, but uh, no. 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 Just, I, there's just too much. It's, it's overwhelming. And to be honest with you, I think that this defense, as good as they are talented uh, individually, I think they have trouble playing as a team. From what mm-hmm. I saw last year, and the, you know that could be because of the head coaching change that happened midway through the season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, was Jeff Fisher the coach when they played the London game? Yes, he got fired when the season was over, wasn't it? Was it when the season was over? I thought it was in the middle of the season. I thought he got fired at the end of the season. And you might be right. I'm not sure, but I do think that there was a, a marked divide in people who had any sort of trust in Jeff Fisher. Um. I've probably voiced my distaste for Jeff Fisher. I think he's terrible. He's uh, a 500 coach who had one good year. A hundred years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, 100 years ago. Um, you know, I, I think that there was some discontent in this team, particularly on the defense, which is the strength of this team. I think it's his old ways, stubbornness with not playing Jared Goff and instead playing What's-His-Face, who is not even worth remembering his name. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of talent on the offense to, to to really even build on for this for this kid. I mean, you have Taven Austin who got a ridiculous contract that he does not deserve. Yeah, um, it's one of those things everybody knew it immediately. Yeah, that was a failing grade. I mean, th- that's a dude who, in my opinion, you can say as a uh, first overall, uh, not sorry, not first overall, but a first round pick could be dis- in the discussion for a, a bust. Mm-hmm. 
or, or at least overspent because I mean he's not a great wide receiver he's not in the top 15 he's not in the top 20 in my opinion where did he even rank in the uh, the NFL Network top 100 players? Did he rank? I'm not sure <laughs> if he did. I'm not kidding. Um, People making that kind of money should at least you know be on the first episode. Um, while I look this up, you can discuss what you think of Ezekiel Elliott being ranked seventh and Odell Beckham being ranked eighth. Eh, I mean, are are you saying that Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back in football? That's kind of where you know, if you're ranking quarterbacks higher and you know, and and the best defensive ends higher and stuff, you know. If you put a gun to my head and say, would you rather have Ezekiel Elliott or Beckham? I'm going to say Beckham because I'm going to value a playmaking receiver over a running back. Just the way the NFL is today. Is Elliott a better player at his position than Odell Beckham? Is it his? I don't think so. No, I think think there's so much predicated on the offensive line and the scheme for a running back that uh, I – again, 8 and 7 is splitting hairs a little bit. If it was 8 and 13, I'd be – you know. I'd be calling bullshit, but there's always going to be an extra set of Dallas love in the media and the the fan base and, and everything. So, and I would say even if you consider what Ezekiel Elliott did in his rookie year versus what Odell Beckham was was able to do in his rookie year, it's still not comparable. Yeah, well, I Odell mean, Beckham also missed all of training camp and he missed the first few games too. And he got off to the quickest start since Randy Moss. I, I don't know if a lot of people really remember how great Randy Moss was immediately. Oh, it was <laughs> something to be. It was something for the record books. I mean, if that guy had no off the field issues, there'd be no question that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think the off ballot, ballot off field issues will impact his Hall of Fame. No, yeah. but there is some discussion that he shouldn't be a first ballot guy, and I uh, think his off the field issues play into that. I mean, you have to remember know. he he. I don't know if he did go to prison, but he almost did. Very young high school yeah i guess but uh i don't know i don't think the nfl and the voters worry about that stuff as much as they maybe should but i i don't think it's gonna be that much of an issue michael michael Irvin was a first ballot hall of famer and he was no choir boy no but i don't think his off the field issues were as pronounced as randy moss's randy moss was clean and didn't get any trouble while he played in the nfl where michael Irvin was in the nfl so that's a difference too that's true in my opinion, Randy Moss is one of the top five wide receivers of all time. And to say to when when you really think about that, uh, the fact that Odell Beckham has gotten up to comparable and better statistical numbers really should say a lot. Versus Ezekiel Elliott, it's just a really good running back with an absolutely great offensive line. In I think he's case, really, no, I think he's really good too. I mean, again, oh, of course, I did. I said it first. He's a really good running back with a great offensive line. Right, and remember, we also he was also playing with a rookie quarterback, so your the threat for the passing game was limited. You know, when you have a very limited um, passing game to worry about, defenses are going to key in on you more. So it was more impressive what Ezekiel did. So um, they, 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 they took a gamble drafting him as high as they did, and it's going to pay off, I think, short and long term. Sure, it could. If they get five solid years out of the guy, you know, who knows if he gets hurt or, you know, the shelf life of running backs anyway. You get five, if, if, if he plays out his rookie contract – and, you know, whatever options and everything, five years, that's a good signing. But we'll see. In any case, Tavon Austin was not on the top 100 list. <laughs> he was in the top 100 on the uh, Arena Football League list. Uh-huh. So we are now – we are halfway through the season now. We, we, I think we're both on the same page. We're pretty, pretty close to four and four. 
think you might have them at five and three at this point. I would have them at five and three, but we're you know around five hundred. We're, we're we're feeling good about this part of the season, knowing coming up we have a San Francisco, Kansas City, Washington, Oakland, Dallas, Philly, Arizona, Washington run. The wins that are there, we need to win. We can't be dicking around with teams like San Francisco. November 12th, it's a 425 game. Big, uh, you know, most people don't care about this one, but it's a big one in my household as my wife is a lifelong 49er fan. It'll be very embarrassing for her to get pummeled by the Giants. So she'll take her beating like a man. <laughs> so, so this is uh, at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, how much do you think that's going to impact this game? Uh, not at all. We'll be out there probably Wednesday or Thursday. Um, it's a one o'clock time and in, in body time for the, for the giants, I think has no impact at all. And also that place probably has the worst home field advantage since they moved from candlestick, um, to the new stadium. It's, uh, very corporate heavy, uh, ticket prices are outrageous there. It's kind of in the middle of middle of nowhere it's, it's like 15 20 miles from san francisco very suburban corporate crowd so um i think you'll see a lot of giant fans out there actually i mean i've been out there for the nfc championship game i've been out there for a couple other giant games and you get a pretty large blue contingency there and i think now with as pathetic as the 49ers have fallen the last couple of years you might see a 40 to 50 percent giants crowd there the days of the uh the 49ers dynasty has certainly fallen off a cliff. Um, but I will say when I look over this roster, I do think that they are building in the right direction. Um, I think that the strength of this team is definitely in its defense. It's got some key veterans while also having some young talent all over the place. Um, I'll say in about two years, they might be competing for the NFC West if they continue building the way they're building. Where this, are they scoring? Well... They're not this year. It, so <laughs> what they've done is they've they've started building the way I personally would build an NFL roster, and that's by building a defense first and building a running game first because it's generally the cheapest and easiest way to draft an offense. Um, it's also being patient. If you notice that they have not jumped out at drafting a quarterback in the last couple of years, they did throw all of their eggs into the Colin Kaepernick basket, which was a total disaster, and I called even after the NFC Championship game in which, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Super Bowl that they had almost won, that I did not think Colin Kaepernick was a an NFL quality quarterback, and he has proven not to be by his play. I'm not going to get into the politics today, because um, I don't think it's relevant, and we're strictly talking about uh, the game here, but they, they do have a solid offensive line. They drafted Carlos Hyde, who is a very good running back. They have nothing at quarterback. I mean, right now they're kind of just rolling behind Brian Hoyer. Um, they picked up Pierre Garçon this year, so they have a little bit on the offense. And Jeremy Curley. But, I mean, there's really no downfield threat. But they are building slowly, like I said. But the defense, I think, is actually going to be a little bit of a problem for the Giants because... Our offensive line is not very good, and that will cause problems for us all over the place. But, you know, they have guys like Solomon Thomas that they drafted this year, Earl Mitchell at nose tackle, DeForest Buckner that they drafted last year, Eric Armstead they drafted the year before, Elvis Doomerville, Ahmad Brooks, Navarro Bowman. I mean, these are more than just a couple names. They drafted Reuben Foster this year, who I was slamming the table for at the time. Eric Reed is back there at strong safety. This is not a bad defense at all. 
It's not a bad defense, but it's a defense that's going to be on the field a lot it's with a complete true. lack of an offense. And you've seen it a hundred times where a defense, you know, and it happens to the Giants. And you think back to that Dallas opener a couple of years ago where you get to around the, you know, the the 50 minute mark of the game, they just run out of gas. And, you know, if you have an offense that's going to be, you know, and, and the way their offense is built, it builds right into the strength of our defense. And you might see a lot of three and outs, a lot of third and nines, defense back on the field again, defense back on the field again. And I, I think that's a, a recipe for disaster against a team like us. So, yeah, their defense might give us some fits, but it's not going to be the same defense with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter that you see, you know, eight minutes left in the first quarter. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, this to me is a win. I just don't think it's an absolute blowout because I think this game is going to be closer in the opening couple minutes than a lot of Giants fans are going to be comfortable with. I think they're going to see a lot of frustrated fans because we can't seem to move the ball or Eli did something dumb or we can't run the ball. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that early on. And like you said, the defense will be worn down by the by the end of the game. But I could also see this being the game where we have a quick pick six and all of a sudden it avalanches Absolutely. out of control really quickly too. Yeah. So, Oh, definitely. And and like you said, their offense plays right into our defense, forcing them to throw, make Brian Hoyer throw to Pierre Garçon. I mean, like you couldn't pick two names out of a hat that are more long in the tooth than those two guys for a quarterback-receiver <laughs> duo. But what I was trying to say is that I don't think this team is as bad as they've been. I think in about two years, if they continue drafting the way they're drafting, I think they're a tight end, a wide receiver, and a quarterback away from being like a real powerhouse. Um they're just building the right way. And, it, and to be honest, it's kind of the way that the Carolina Panthers had built their team. Um, just a little at a time. And the same thing with Seattle, for that matter. I mean, they might have struck gold by getting Russell Wilson in the third round. But it's it's in my opinion, it's the right way to build a team. You know something? Uh, you mentioned Carolina. Are you surprised to see they fired their GM today? Um, I didn't really follow a lot of uh, him through the years. Uh but given what I had seen on Twitter from former players, I'm not at all surprised. Um, we all know what happened with Josh Norman where he was holding out for a better contract and the franchise tag was rescinded. And he left to join the Washington Redskins and had a very good year last year, uh, statistically at least. Um, I had Steve Smith was jettisoned, um, who had been a longtime great player and hadn't really shown any signs of slowing down. Um, and D'Angelo Williams was not retained and wound up in Pittsburgh, had actually went out to Twitter and said that something something dumb along the lines of, like, I'm putting... They're Carol- off the list. Yeah, they're yeah. off the list of teams he won't ever play for now that David Gettleman is gone. He called him a snake. Um, yeah. So given all that, I've never... I've, I mean, you know, I don't pay attention to this stuff as long as you have, but... I've never seen a GM spoken about like that by active players. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're all – every one of those you mentioned are disgruntled guys that have been cut or not been retained. So you know, they're not going to – you know, this is, a different, this is a different league than it was five, ten years ago. Again, you know, don't underestimate the, the importance of, of social media and Twitter where these guys can say whatever they want, you know. Their message is not scrubbed by an agent, you know, in the old ways of a press release. Now they get out there and they get all pissed off and they're right to Twitter. So it doesn't surprise me as much, you know, when you get into this, the raw emotion of this with more money at stake and everything. But uh, Gettleman does have some giant connections and I would not be surprised if 
you know, he's possibly retained by us in some sort of capacity, and maybe even possibly a future replacement to uh, to Jerry Reese if Reese was to move on at some point. I mean, all the uh, you know the, the belly aching aside by disgruntled players, I would say he's a pretty successful GM. Um, so. I was a little curious about that, but, but before I get into that, um, I just want to say D'Angelo Williams, of all people, though, has not been a very outspoken guy, whereas like you have guys like Richard Sherman, like you said, that they go straight to Twitter, they voice their opinion. He's been very outspoken in, um, you know, even in press conferences and stuff like that, whereas if he were to voice his opinion about a player issue or a GM, I don't think a lot of people would be very surprised, but Dave, D'Angelo Williams has not been in his entire career a very outspoken guy. So I think that something very serious was happening between players and the GM and the owner. And this almost seems like a Washington Redskins sort of fiasco, doesn't it? It does. Something you would see out of them. Absolutely. Where, you know, there's egos involved. You know, Snyder has something to say about it or, yeah. you know. But again, you know, you very rarely see guys get fired because of performance, uh, not because of performance. And, you know, who knows what's going on there. So um, so the one thing I did watch in regard to this, because I didn't take a ton of interest in it, and I, I had considered that Gettleman might be retained by the Giants in some capacity fashion, whether that be replacing Mark Ross or uh, Jerry Reese, or even if he's just a consultant for a year or two until he gets a real job. You know, in terms of scouting, whatever. Um, I did. I did consider that. I watched um, former Giants guard Jeff Schwartz uh, had a brief periscope where he discussed the matter, and what he said is that he was actually not all that great as a GM. He he sort of mishandled his most of the the, the core of the Carolina Panther, Panthers are players that were drafted before him. Um, and a lot of the guys that he jettisoned were drafted before him, and there was there seemed to be this rift. And I don't think that he was really there for too long to really get a good idea of his capabilities. Because as far as I understand, this is his first GM job, and he only been there since 2012, which is about four years or so to really have results. He, you should start seeing an improvement, but you didn't. But it's also not a very long resume where you can pinpoint him as the problem with that team um like i said i didn't pay a whole lot of attention to who was drafted by who in carolina Mm -hmm. and their Mm -hmm. their free agent dealings and etc but i i do remember thinking it was incredibly weird that they rescinded the franchise tag on joss norman last year not just because you know he's kind of a jerk and you know whatever league's full of jerks that's that's not that's not an issue exactly you the, keep clean. You don't get yourself in trouble or anything. They can deal with jerk. Yeah. The league is full of jerks, and I'd still never seen anything like that where a franchise tag was rescinded from a player who was holding out for a long-term deal, which, by the way, is the whole point of a franchise tag. It's supposed right. to be a one-year stopgap. So It's supposed to buy you time and say, listen, we're on the same page. We want to get a deal done. In the interim, since we ran out of time right now, you're going to be – you know, in market value of the top five players, your position, but we're holding a space for you. That's why the whole thing like with JPP was interesting where, you know, we gave the tag from two years in a row before we got deals done. So, yeah, yeah. And and the, the perception that um, 
that it's a bad deal for the player is not necessarily true. They, like you said, they're making the average of the top five player at their position. So for it's a bad deal for the player because they're not getting a contract. They're only there for one year, and there's still that risk that they could get injured, ruin their career, and they never got the big deal. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the here's the thing, Grump. Unlike baseball or even basketball, there's such little guaranteed money out there. Is a long term deal really? in their best interest of a player or is it maybe even better just to kind of you know get the tag and get that guaranteed top five and have shorter deals where you can either opt out or, or move on i mean you know i guess maybe the guaranteed money for the bonus comes out bigger in a longer term deal but you know i'm not really sure it's as big of a deal as it was a few years ago i'm not really sure i mean in all honesty the like everything you said is true um there's not enough guaranteed money in the nfl uh, that is what all the players are seeking. It's and it's never going to happen either the way it's structured. So. But I think I think going one year deal to one year deal two year deal is not a typical path in the NFL. It, it's not really something that happens. Um, yeah, I think our our homework assignments to look up how long a player the average is he fulfills a contract. So if a guy gets signed for a five year deal, how many years is he actually really getting? playing three years before he gets cut or something because it happens so often i'd be curious to see what that number is yeah and i I think it's a little positional right like a kicker might get a two three-year deal every time he signs a contract i'm not really sure what the right answer is in terms of what needs to be done with contracts and all that but play baseball yeah (laughs) that's that's the answer if you're if you're a multi-sport star and you're trying to figure out for the best uh, path for your financial future play baseball so how do you how do you envision the uh, niners game unfolding a complete domination i look at this as a blowout i look at something that might be like you said they may hang around for a little while before they get worn down i tend to think it's one of those games where we're going to jump on some early mistakes and it can get ugly really quickly but yeah i i i think that i think the first quarter is going to be disappointing and frustrating and i think by the middle of the second quarter you're going to see us start to pull away and then by the second half i think it'll be out of reach for san francisco and we'll be talking about the night game by the fourth I, quarter. I, I think we're going to have a lot of those frustrating beginnings this year, too. I think, you know, yeah, you know, the the, the, the receiving core looks really good and Eli's there and everything. But I, I still, until I see it to believe it, until we really start rolling, I think you're going to see some frustrating first quarters from this team. Yeah, and I, I definitely will have to see it to believe it. I can read all the positive stories you want about how great the O-line looks, even if they're not just in shorts, even in preseason, like, I want to see it. I want to see that third preseason game where, like, oh, my God, like, he just ran for 12 yards. How did that happen? Well, I want to, and I want to see the depth as well. Yeah. I mean, I want, to see, I want to see some guys who are playing in the second and third quarter that, you know, they could be part of our rotation. And if they have to, you know, they have to play significant snaps, I want to see that, you know, all is not lost because, again, our starting five offensive line wasn't so hot. But we all seen it either dip down and we really got ugly, so – yeah, um, I'm going to pencil this one as a win. Um, also, by the way, we'd be coming right off of a bye. Not quite. A bye and then the Rams. So A bye, Rams, and 49ers. To yeah. me, that's a, a, a that's a two-week stretch. We have to win both of those games. Oh, you definitely. Have to, you have to win both of those games. All right, till next week. Till next week. Uh, again, you can follow us at JustGiantsPod on Twitter or me at football underscore grump you can drop us a line at just giants podcast at gmail.com 
Remember to follow us on SoundCloud for Just Giants Podcast or to uh, look us up on iTunes and download our episodes there. Yeah, when you're on iTunes, you know, be a good guy or a good gal and uh, leave a review and a rating. You know, a five-star rating always helps. Your reviews help us get to the top of the other list for giant podcasts. So uh, we, we appreciate the support from all of our many millions of listeners out there. Yes, five million and counting. <laughs> Give or take five million. <laughs> all right. So uh, with that, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, Till next time, let's go Giants. Go Giants.